0: As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes.
1: On today's episode of Android's Dungeon, celebrity in the studio long time enemy not gonna say his name but he's gonna tear in to shut up and sit down put them on blast shut up sit down i don't do what you tell me stay tuned Welcome to CFRU 93.3 FM Broadcasting out of the University of Guelph Guelph, Ontario Uh, At this point in the future It might be just as nice as it is today Unsure? I'm going to say it is Because uh, optimistic that This lovely, is this seasonal or is this unseasonal?
2: It's a nice warm Thursday afternoon Yeah, it's
1: it's super (laughs) sunny outside (laughs) Definitely not 15 (laughs) degrees That's a safe bet I think this time of the year Uh, Android's Dungeon is this our Halloween episode?
2: Uh, ooh, that's clo- No, we'd have one. Well, no. Yeah.
1: This is technically our Halloween episode, so we're going to have to play <laughs> up the spooks. <laughs> <laughs> ah, a ghost just flew by.
2: <laughs> How many games do you know with pumpkins?
1: Actually, uh, Key marker has pumpkins in it, too. Yeah, that is really in. cute. Uh, Android Dungeons & is a show about books, movies, games, music. Uh, whatever we saw coming into the studio, you can check us out online at CFRU.ca through all the archives. But I don't advise that. As much as I want you to frequent the website of CFRU and look at the uh, hmm, orchard of content available, <laughs> uh, sometimes the archives are not the best place. But if you're desperate, it's, it's really only one show. It's really oh, only one gosh. show. Uh, it's Christopher Curry's show at <laughs> this time, Wounds <laughs> Night. <It's> end credits. <laughs> end credits. What? They're- <laughs> <laughs> almost uh actually i'm gonna give a shout out to another show i heard uh, it's a repeat when i was coming in uh i believe it's called uh some couples retreat cruise control or <laughs> something along those what lines though? um android's dungeon is known for a couple of things one of which is the raw sexual tension <laughs> that, <laughs> that you can pick up between through the, joel and jack <laughs> you can pick up through the air it is so thick at times you could come in with a uh uh, a chainsaw, and just the, the gore <laughs> be splattering on the wall like in a Sam Raimi film. where It's Peter actually Jackson. between
2: us and our listeners.
1: <laughs> between us, it, it's like Howard Stern back in the day when he's really trying to make a name for himself. But um, speaking of listeners, speak- <laughs> Howard Stern,
2: <laughs> this guy, yeah. He's so been awfully quiet over there.
1: Let's. We're gonna introduce our guest of the week because that seems like how we do things these days. <laughs> uh, David, take a bow.
0: <laughs> and, uh, a bow you can hear yeah please (laughs) um thank you thank you
1: he's not bowing just want to be clear (laughs) there we go go. uh David let's get the ball rolling what have you been playing recently and do not veer too far into the special content okay let's keep it fresh
0: um a version of pandemic uh Thunderbirds what what Thunderbirds. You know the marionettes? Absolutely. It yep. haunted me as
1: a child. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it was a very disturbing <laughs> and, television and show. And one of the guys
0: I played it with, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he can't watch that. He can't watch... Um, there's one on Netflix right now, the puppets. Uh, the Dark Crystal. Yeah, the Dark Crystal. Apparently it makes him nauseous.
1: Weird. Very interesting. So yeah. it, just a quick side note. Uh, there's something... To, everyone here knows about the Uncanny Valley. Yep. For me, marionettes uh, that are trying to be realistic hits the uncanny valley real hard for Mm. me (laughs) there's there's nothing remotely happy or interesting about what i'm seeing here it's just this (laughs) weird simulacrum of humanity on display with their janky motions and the way they just like team america nailed it with that recreation i was just gonna ask about team america no that team america is perfect because it's so absurd but it's gruesome at the same time they look like these
2: ugly caricatures this matt damon i'll never forget from that movie I will never die. <laughs> I still use it sometimes
1: to this day. I need. I think we need a rewatch of Team America. But anyway, uh, Thunderbirds, describe Thunderbirds for us.
0: Uh, well, if anybody's played Pandemic, it's not far from Pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to, uh, you've got disasters to take care of, like the uh, the plagues. Um, you prepare the cards in the same way. See you the prepare deck, yeah. yeah. See the deck um and then you've got uh the the vehicles thunderbird 1 to 5 and other little vehicles that are just tokens mm-hmm. you can put those into the green ones thunderbird 2 and then one of your players can move that vehicle and deliver those vehicles that were in the container because they <coughs> would provide bonuses to get the the disaster or rescue depending So what's the disease this time? Um,
1: is it always a plague, or is it a different type of disasters?
0: The Hood's the bad guy, right?
1: I, you're asking the wrong yeah, person. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, he is. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh, events and uh, schemes for the Hood and Sch- his little um, uh, timeline. Sure. Um, but the disasters keep coming out. One comes out at the end of every turn, mm-hmm. um, and you've got to rescue them or and get them out of the game. So uh, the more bonuses you have because you've prepared well over everybody's turn mm-hmm. the better your roll's is going to be um i wish
1: you, is, when you say roll, do you mean r-o-l-e or r-o-l-l
0: uh r-o-l-l so there's uh, so, some dice checking. yeah there's there's two dice which uh one of them's got uh a hood so if that comes up the hood moves along his like the uh, omen track. tracker no! in uh, betrayal or something mm, yeah <laughs> um so yeah it's it's co-op uh, like pandemic mm-hmm. and um you're you you have to do as much as possible on one turn sure. otherwise you're not gonna clear any of the disasters
2: designed by Maliacock yep,
1: hey. really
0: hey. motor price
1: interesting he's really making hay while sun shines with his design, but we've talked about this before on the show and that pandemic really is as far as um co-ops go outside of like Gloomhaven-esque co-ops or uh, RPG-style ones. It is the game everyone's kind of copying to some extent. Now, I'm not trying to say that because someone out there might be doing the Well the Actually with uh, let's say Arkham Horror uh, which is very similar in the sense of you have a kind of a city area you're moving around in and you're doing this disaster management but the way uh, Pandemic handles the card draws and there's this um, I, I think this slightly more determined aspect to it um rather than the dice chucking and just pure randomness that maybe can affect some of these other types of co-op experiences maybe that's why pandemic is just so uh, endearing and also plays quickly too um where do you put thunderbirds as far as difficulty and accessibility because um, the theme alone is kind of weird it's an interesting angle to take but it's i'm not sure who they're appealing to with that choice
0: that's just it um I got it because one of the guys I play with a lot is yeah. a really big fan. He <laughs> okay. grew up in England. Of course. Um, is it an English show? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I thought it was a U.S. thing. But... Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, so yeah, like the... that classic, like, action figure.
2: Um, I guess they didn't really have action figures, though. Oh, yeah. Well, like, but it wasn't, like, one of those shows in the U.S. where, like, they make a toy and then they, like make a show about the toy oh you're saying like the he-man I, I era of so, stuff yeah, yeah. no or,
0: um what's the big uh british one i just got a really simple name like action man or something like that was it
1: yeah <laughs> sorry <wrong> again <laughs> yeah anyway all right cool um, i was but a child yeah would do you recommend it so this was Kickstarter. Uh, yeah
0: it's um hmm. i don't i wouldn't necessarily recommend it to anybody who wasn't a thunderbirds fan um and also has a copy of Pandemic. Ah, there it is. Okay, <laughs> so it's <laughs> no, two a... Samzies. I I'm really liking the way it's different, but again, I wouldn't have got it if if I didn't have a really good excuse to get it. Well, that's
1: mm-hmm. an important way, uh, important thing to say because there at this point there are so many different versions of Pandemic out there as well that it's difficult mm-hmm. to say. Like, I think what you pointed out is that, so if you like Thunderbirds and you don't have Pandemic, then this is an easy choice. But if you've already got Pandemic and you're either afraid of Thunderbirds or you don't care, there's zero (laughs) reason to pick it up. But you've got Iberia, you've got uh, Rising Tide, you have Pandemic Cthulhu, uh, Rome, uh, Pandemic Season 1 and 2, Legacy, uh, base pandemic's still there too there's the yeah. expansions to it so there's a lot of choices and that's what I, yeah. in, I, I don't want to sound like broken record but Joel and I have been talking about this a fair bit recently is that I'm starting to get more focus with, with buys and that um, it is, as interesting as it might be to play some of these games or have there's no reason to have them on a shelf again mm. because there's only so many ver- and especially something directly as like a pandemic I don't say clone but let's say spin-off design right. that it, it the plays almost identical to it so
0: uh I've only looked at one of the Forbidden games, but I, I get the feeling they're a lot like Pandemic, really.
1: Forbidden ones are interesting. So you they're played different. You played for Sky sure. though, right?
0: I did briefly play
1: Sky. Yeah. yeah. So I think Desert is a great little game. It's tiny. Tough. It plays quickly. It's tough, and yep. there's a good replayability to it. But it, I, I see no problem having Pandemic, uh, or not Pandemic, um, Forbidden Desert, and whatever Pandemic game yep. you, you're fond it's of. It's Definitely different enough. Yeah
2: okay and i mean island is more or less the same game it's like the kids version almost though um i have a question because i've got the bgg up here and it features this game features jerry anderson who's the guy who did the marionettes um did you notice him like in the game at all or was he just he's just titled just art design
0: because he's yeah art direction maybe originally oh yeah okay yeah no um I don't think he's part of the game at all. And interestingly <laughs> enough,
2: even in 2015 where Matt Leacock had boatloads of money, this game was kickstarted. Now, who's the really? publisher though? That's my question. Modifius more It's a mystery. Oh, there we go. Asynchron and Modifius. Yeah. Modifius.
1: I think that's This is always interesting because uh what was the game we were talking about recently this week? It was a movie tie-in or a um, TV show tie-in. Oh, there was something that Uh, No, we were talking about Dune and Mm. how um, Gale Force Nine, who's not a big publisher and is kind of infamous for being kind of a weak publisher at the end of the day for a lot of stuff... How do they get the Dune license for the reprint of this legendary game? <laughs> no idea. You see well, a lot uh, of this stuff with these license games where it's like some nobody company or independent person picks up a license for Thunderbirds. Or how does
2: Mark like McKinnon get Sailor Moon yeah, uh, it's, Crystal? N- I don't know. I'd lo- <laughs> I, I could have swore I asked no Mark No one else about was <laughs> asking. That's probably it. No one else wanted to license Thunderbirds in 2015. Let's be honest. Thunder what? <laughs> <laughs> it's...
0: Uh, Things like um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yeah. Really? yeah. It, it,
1: again, another bizarre choice, but I've, I, I think some companies are more, and I'm, I'm going to choose my words wisely here, are looser with their licensing <laughs> than others. Some really protect their IPs religiously and they don't want... Um, negative things associated with The Simpsons for a long time was infamous for licensing everything under the sun and they yep. even pointed out in the show at one point where Lisa says if The Simpsons ever lent their name to an inferior product I'd be ashamed of myself <laughs> like, some, and like Butterfinger sure, they even sure, make fun of on sure. the show like trying to destroy Butterfingers and the fire doesn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Butterfingers but it's me.
2: Yeah,
0: they're all right.
1: Yeah, I have no problem. They do get stuck in your teeth but who yeah. cares. Alright, cool. Well Anything Halloween. else,
0: David? About um, uh, Thunderbirds? final words, um oh, what would you give it a what i it's just so cute, all right I, I that's why you don't have to uh of all, out your out ball just because uh
2: oh I that's adorable uh, <laughs> what did you say a uh, full full marks full oh,
1: marks yeah cute, all right, good, all right that it's a good endorsement Pandemic's a great game, and you like thunderbirds so boom, easy yeah. decision for you cool Nailed it. Joel, what have you playing, bleh, been playing recently uh
2: Mm-mm. well, I got another gaming of uh. Watergate mm-hmm. today. I don't know if we talked about Watergate yet. I think but, we talked uh, about it briefly. Yeah, it's still good. It's still, <laughs> David, was the second play.
0: <laughs> we just played one on one about uh, half an hour ago. Uh, yeah, I've only played uh, the one game. Uh, I'd like to play it again. Um, I've I played Twilight Struggle, so I recognize some of the elements. Oh, and yeah. Expanse got that sort of choose one thing from the card element. Oh, have you
1: played Expanse? Yeah. What do you think of it? Yeah.
0: Um, I like it. Um, I really like the show in the books. So L- I was going to say,
1: uh, <laughs> it's, it's another <laughs> tie-in thing here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's uh. talk about Watergate here. Um, give us a brief rundown of what you're doing in the game. Um,
0: so, a uh, two-player game. Uh, you're um, either the the journalists or Nixon. Um, it's about uh, push and pull. Um, it's a tug-of-war, yeah. A tug-of-war, influence, um, uh-huh. momentum, uh so the reporters trying to turn over the um evidence cards, uh trying to link the um uh people in the conspiracy to each other and to the with the evidence. Mm-hmm. Um and come up with something before Nixon Sure. Resigns. resigns so.
2: Yeah, so Nixon's rushing to, to bury g- the leads. I just want my presidency to end. Yeah. I just want to peacefully fade away into nothing. Um, and yeah, like you said, he's a reporter and he's trying to tie two conspirators to Nixon and then the and the reporters win.
1: Is it historically accurate in the sense of do they actually use names like uh, oh, yeah. G. Gordon Liddy and, uh, and the rest of them?
2: I don't think Liddy was... I didn't see Liddy's name. Yeah, you right. might have been so a conspiracy. Broke into the place. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 is he still alive? So they're
1: worried about it. Then?
2: well, the, the thing is, there were I think the more high-profile people oh. in the in the conspiracy. But Liddy was probably a card. To be honest, I haven't uh, ever played the journalist. I haven't even gotten through the whole deck of nonsense mm. cards, so I can't say for sure. All right. But it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, every every card pretty much is a is a is an important person in the thing, and you learn a lot. There's a lot of quote text at the bottom. If you don't know, like, the details of the Watergate uh, scandal.
1: Does it do the Twilight Struggle thing where there's an entire addendum that you can look up every card and the historical uh, context? Model? There
2: is some text in the rule book, yeah, but not nearly as much as Twilight Struggle. Twilight Struggle is, is definitely its own beast. In this game, uh, Nixon and the reporters each get their own deck. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting that... And I've heard the the It's
1: getting tons of positive buzz, and it's one of these games that everyone's like, oh, be on the lookout for Watergate at these festivals, or keep an eye on it from when it comes to store. And, but the one criticism I've heard about is that you lose a bit of the tension when you don't have the shared deck, and mm. you're not making, you're not forced to make that tough decision of like, decisions oh, are easier for sure. Oh, man, yes. I don't want to play this card because it benefits Joel, and I have to play it. But it's I need the yeah. ops too.
2: And... Like da- like David was saying, like it's it's a simpler game, and really you're only choosing between either using the number value which does one of three things. You can move the momentum, the initiative, or the evidence. Or playing the event. And you played the events and you lost the cards. It didn't really seem to cost you anything, right? Because you still had plenty of cards. Yeah, but it didn't
0: accomplish as much.
2: Yeah, I suppose so. (laughs) Is is it very similar to those
1: sorts of... uh... card-driven war games where you want to set up combos for stuff? Like, there's no... there's, There'll be times when playing this card for an event is useless for you, but there are times when it's like, okay, I want to do this and this and this, and then I play this card for the event, and then it makes... I made big
2: progress on it. I didn't really see so many combos, but I definitely saw a lot of circumstances where uh, the value of a card wasn't applicable. Like, for example, he was like... He played a card which did a bunch of things, and one of them was move a face-up evidence, uh, which won't get... Yeah. too into details but there were no face-up evidences so mm-hmm. he he lost that part of the card mm-hmm. and that happens a lot but uh yeah i mean you definitely want to use your cards carefully but from what i found i mean i'm always rushing just to, to to retire as nixon i just don't even bother defending and <laughs> <laughs> that seems to work pretty well so far just running to the exit And <laughs> ends up though the, the thing is if you really want to compare it to twilight struggle uh You've got time to play Watergate. There's no there's no situation where you're like, ah, I don't really have time. We finish our game in, what, 20 minutes? Yeah. 20, 25 yeah. minutes? That's great. Good. Absolutely great.
1: And that's starting to become something, again, that's a little more important. that like, Don't, you do not want to misunderstand me. I love sitting down for nine hours to play a game, but it's a little difficult <laughs> right. to sometimes get other people to agree to it. But throwing yeah. something down that set up takedown is easy and it's like 20-minute little game that you feel... that's deep enough to reward your time as well, I think that's very important for uh, recommending to people as well.
2: For sure. Before I uh, move past the mic over to Jack, I want to give one more shout out to what I think is going to be the hot game of the winter. And if it's not, it's just because people don't understand (laughs) words. And that's Letter Jam. (laughs) I love Letter Jam. I got to play it again today. And I still had just as much fun as I did at Gen Con. I'm so glad that it's finally out. And I think everybody should be buying this as a present for Christmas.
1: It's held up. Yeah. Unbelievable. What did you you think, David?
0: Um, I liked it. I liked that there wasn't quite the pressure on it that, uh, like, Scrabble, you got to.
2: I love Scrabble.
0: It's, I, I like Scrabble. It's just, um, (laughs) man, I have to come up with the next word. Uh, everybody's waiting for me to go. Oh, interesting. I see. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because in this one, it's basically like everybody has the opportunity to give a clue and we just all kind of p- toss around, well, I have a clue that has six letters and it'll probably help two of you. And, uh, and another person will say, well, I have a five-letter cl- word and it has to use the random one, mm-hmm. but it'll help all of you. Mm-hmm. And then you have to decide who to go with. But really, like David is saying, there's no pressure for you to be the one that's the clue giver. It's not code names. Is there a rigid turn order as well? Like, do you have to do something on a turn or is it kind of more free form? There's no turns. Uh, there's basically just out of all of you, somebody chooses to give a clue and then you all, you can see everyone else's letters So you write those in and then you just leave like a blank or a question mark and where your letter doesn't fit and then you think, okay, which letters could I plug into Mm them? And if you get like two or three Eh, it's not great, but at least you've eliminated every other letter aside from those three, and maybe the next clue will get you.
1: I'm going to be brutally down. honest. I still cannot, from your descriptions, understand <laughs> what is going on. I get the general idea of letter yeah. J, but it's just a bit. I
0: had that exact trouble. I don't know if I listened to two or three descriptions of it, uh-huh. and, and I just couldn't do it.
1: But you get it now. Uh, of course I do. <laughs> it's not super hard to learn. Fairly simple. <laughs> yeah. It's a party yeah. game yeah. at the core. Now, do you think, that is this a party game that would get people shouting at each other and like really hooting and hollering? Oh,
2: yeah. Especially if somebody spells something wrong. you <laughs> The thing is, the rules don't say you have to spell everything right. You have to do a proper noun. There's yeah. no, this isn't Scrabble. Yeah. This is, you can do any word you think is a word and it's, it's okay to spell it wrong. A you can do acronyms, whatever you want. You know, you don't want to reference some crazy uh, character from an anime. I think go for it.
0: <laughs> I think there's a difference between <laughs> the game allows you to do it. Should and, you do it? <laughs> and how much trouble you get. Plus, the thing from is, the your... social <laughs> pressure is the policing, right? It's like,
2: well, who the hell is Akira? <laughs> I'm just
1: waiting for. Did somebody do Akira? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's... I'm just waiting for the one fool who like, picks some Klingon name or something, and you're just. Saying,
2: it's, it's obviously Gowron.
1: <laughs> What's wrong with you people?
2: Morons. <laughs> yeah, more... yeah, there it is. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait to play it with you. you can so you it. picked it up at
1: dragon the dragon which yeah. is an extremely, extremely unusual wolf. choice for board game acquisition because typically the dragon is not and i'm going to be nice to them here
2: yeah because jack and i are cheap and, and we th- don't like to pay flgs prices
1: no no that's not true <laughs> i don't like paying msrp plus 30 <laughs> yeah. percent
0: uh, because it, they, they are expensive my daughter works at Uh-oh. the milton store yeah so she gets paid a little bit in um in store money so yeah. i can pay her to buy something and it, it, it's borderline Very what's nice,
2: it, that price what was it called when um, that's the only reason i worked at the boardroom if you were a,
1: <laughs> that and the great service and yeah. friendly and uh, anyway the uh, when you were a minor let's say or working somewhere up north and you you worked for the company but the company charged you rent, and they charged you for food, and they yeah. charged you for... Uh, <laughs> and
2: you could only buy food at their store because yeah, the it was the only one around, and, and, and it I was
0: like... Th- I think
1: Malcolm in the Middle had a whole um, uh, arc with the brother who was in the army who yeah, was working, it's, and, it's and, right, and his yeah. bill to the company <laughs> was atrociously large. Anyway um so anyway letter jam it's available at retail if you want to go to dragon and pick it up like we're talking about a couple of bucks here but i am extremely cheap when it comes to this sort of yeah. stuff so. i mean <laughs> if it
2: was like a hundred thirty dollar game and i could have got it for a hundred that's different but yeah. i i worked it out and i probably paid five dollars extra all way oh live my God. to get it on the day it came out i was like <laughs> yes i'm playing this now and considering let's put it this way it's like it's it's a 3d movie ticket yeah, yeah exactly. let's put it that way and, and you're maybe... going on the release night instead of cheap tuesdays wow well, <laughs> well, i mean Mean. Don't God want to I poo-poo cheap, cheap Tuesdays. Tuesdays. <laughs> cool letter jam.
1: All right, I've got a fresh game that I'm going to talk about, yep. and this is one that uh, I don't know if you've heard of this one before, David. Have you ever heard of? And I'm—I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it properly. In my mind, I always say pret-a-porter but it might be pretaporte, porte or whatever.
0: porte I think. Yeah,
1: um, it's designed by uh, Ignacy something. uh Is he Czech or no? He's Polish. Excuse me. And he's more, Ignacy's famous for 51st State and Robinson Crusoe. Mm. Um, and that Surviving Mars, I think, is his most recent co-op harsh the game. The one that
2: looks exactly like
1: Terraforming it, Mars. It's almost to the point of being confusing. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, like I don't know. People
2: would definitely accidentally pick that up. And I feel sorry for them for a variety of reasons. Yeah, it's like one of those things I where your grandma gets you a game. It's just like, this is the one that you wanted, right? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted Tony Hank. <laughs> no! No!
0: <laughs> I thought First Martians was Robinson Crusoe.
1: I think it's maybe like the sequel to it or something. Okay. It's uh, But there there is Robinson Crusoe, which was on tons of people's favorite lists. Before I got game. into this hobby, as hard as I was, um, there were a couple of lists and people would put Robinson Crusoe really, really high on there. And then the more I read about it, the more I heard so many people hating on the game oh. and saying it was. it was, have you played it? Yep. What did yeah. you think of it? I don't want to go like full it. tilt here. I yeah. like it. Yeah. You find it extremely difficult and random.
0: Um, oh, I don't know. I I wouldn't think of it as very random. It is a little random. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very difficult.
1: Sure. And maybe that's it because it was we we're going back to cooperatives here and talking about pandemic for example. That pandemic, you've got the deck that you've seeded and putting X amount of ep- epidemics in there and. Um, there is randomness to what cards are going to come up, and sometimes you could just be screwed. You yep. could be playing optimally, and you're done. Whereas I think Robinson Crusoe's problem is it also adds that randomness of the dice. Uh, now, yep. aren't you chucking dice, and like something yep. terrible can just happen? That's that's not your fault. It's just, you know, that's surviving on an island. Yep. Ah. So either way, um, this so Ignacy's designed a bunch of games. Some are more popular than others. Um, Preta porte, It sounds Spanish when I put it like that. <laughs> uh, is a game that's been out of print for a long time, but again, it was another one of these games that was on a lot of people's favorite lists. And it's a it's a uh, it's a Euro set in the fashion industry. And you take on oh. the role of uh, a hip a hip and young designer who's starting your own business, and you're trying to design clothes um, by uh property for where factories and stuff to kind of make things or stores and you're hiring employees and you're getting designs and you're trying to make it all around the world to these shows and in that sense Um, Making these designs pretty basic, you have a bunch of different decks you're kind of drawing from and it's got does the market row nicely because there's a bunch of cards you can choose from you can see the ones that are on their way. You select these cards and you got to go get the material to make them and you can get cheap material which is less expensive. um, But um, you don't get as much uh, quality out of it because there's a bunch of different gauges or you can spend a lot of money and get higher quality material but it costs you more money and when you go to the show everything is kind of marked similar to kind of dungeon pet style of uh you have to show up with a different so you have to have a similar style of clothes so let's say you want to show up and your line is going to be all business wear you have to choose all business wear
3: Mm. or
1: sports or casual so you have to be along there and then each designer at the start of the game, you'd randomly draw a token and it uh, symbolized a piece of fashion or a piece of clothing, excuse me. And that shows what you're really good at. That's what you're known for. So mm-hmm. every time you use those types of clothing in your show, you get extra, I forget what it even is, but you extra things to be marked for. I think it's trendiness or whatever. So at the end of the day, you can see exactly what show is coming up and you can see exactly what's going to be marked. So I'm looking around and it's like, oh man, Joel's coming into this. He's got high quality goods. Do I try to fight him on that or do I try to go for second place and make my goods trendier? I'm going to do that. Oh, damn, Dave's sneaking up on me. He's got tons of PR, so he's got celebrities hawking his goods here. So I got to fight him on this. So it's because it's determined that I can see exactly going into every fashion show what is going to be marked and how it's going to be marked. Um, it kind of takes away a little bit of the surprise of like, aha, I mm. bring out surprise George Clooney or something. Everything's face up and nothing's hidden. So um, it's really, uh, at the end of the day, it's a fairly dry euro where you're just accumulating things and you're trying to get the most of X in certain columns when you get to the show to present it. Um, so and I think with more people, when there's less resources being fought for, um, I fought over, excuse me, and um, maybe you have less time to focus on all exactly. the other people so that's where I'm going to get into, so I play most games two players and I play those two players and there was n- virtually no differences per se um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing um, but I think it could have been tighter, and mm-hmm. I think I don't know if it's a design issue or what, but I think um, it's definitely a game that would benefit from more people fighting over um, the the fewer spots available even though there is a worker placement game so you have like people sending you can put them out in different things to do them there was never any time when I was like boy damn Kayla got there before I did I'm feeling upset like I think once at the end of the game mm. but the score despair like was crazy difference for our first game where it it wasn't even close I think I lapped her and it, there was, yeah. it wasn't her fault and I felt a little bad because it was just one of these predetermined things where it's like and it, it cascades in a really kind of unfriendly manner where it's like if you roll in, you've done everything get better ahead, than her. It's just ahead. like, I'm getting this. I'm getting this. I'm getting this. Oh, I'm selling all my stuff. Now I've got tons of money, and I can just buy you out. And I don't know. It's It doesn't feel like you've trumped the person, like a splatter game or a really good...
2: You don't think she did something like terribly wrong?
1: Or... I don't think she did anything necessarily wrong. She just didn't play well enough. And that it's, it's a death spiral because unless you really can somehow dig your way out or focus on something, you're in trouble. So... But um, the
2: important thing is that Jack won. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so it's
1: overall early impressions. The game is interesting. I don't know if this is a case of the the. There's been so many euros since this game's come out, mm. and it's, it, it's kind of been yeah, it's kind of been usurped as far as what I my expectations are. But the okay. theme is really neat. If you have anyone remotely interested in fashion, I think they'd get a kick out of it. The artwork's great. Um, it's fairly easy to play. They do a neat thing where they actually put numbers on the board to show you how to resolve things as hey, you're going around. That's pretty cool. Which is I, why do you Helpful not do stuff things. like this? It's so lovely to, to create a natural flow to the the board itself. Um, the only huge complaint I've got is about the it was kickstarted, and um, wasn't necessarily cheap, and it looks good too. But I got a phone call when I was at the cottage from FedEx. Uh, the robot lady asking me oh, uh, yeah. I, to pay duties on the game. Oh. And n- I've kickstarted one or two games in my lifetime, and not once have I ever been asked to pay duty uh, on a, a game coming into Canada. It turned into an extra 22 bucks on top of this, which was probably about getting into like a, a quarter of the price of the game on top of paying shipping, on top of paying everything else.
2: Is this your uh, box cover?
1: Yeah, that's the box cover and i was furious absolutely right. furious and the their their whole thing was like I, we said it wasn't canada friendly bro and it's like <laughs> hold on a friend hold on a second there's a difference between not canada friendly and not canada friendly to the tune of 22 dollars in duty because you couldn't be bothered to fill out a form properly it it, it was insane to me couldn't i was very very it was, upset with this them. was
2: portal right uh, portal be, games
1: yeah. and it, that's another thing it Boom. was a fairly established company and they were doing a kickstarter again so we're going back to the thunderbirds thing With Leacock, like, did he have to? I'm, I'm more on his side on this one, but Portal Games running a Kickstarter for a a license they already own from a designer that they already have. Ah, Why did I do it? Why did I do it?
0: (laughs) You know, if he got a nice cottage out of it, I don't care.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: fair.
0: No
2: (laughs) sympathy, none, none at all. All right. But you you picked that game because of the theme, obviously. Well,
1: and because there are guys like Rado and Vassal and others that said they love this game. And previously, I think the redesign was hinted that they're going to do game, the game design world. There was going to be like a video game studio or something at one point. And then I think somebody wisely has turned around and said, as cool as I think it would be, I think, no, hold on this. Let's stick to the fashion industry on this because it's a unique theme. Not that there are too many games set in like, a developer's studio or a game
2: studio. Well, if you looked uh, around this studio right now, you would definitely know that we're all very obsessed with fashion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got cat hair on me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they can hear that.
0: What's the, yeah. what's
2: on your shirt, David? We just sound good
0: looking. Did you ever see a movie called Buck Rear, Banzai?
2: Oh, it's Peter Weller.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't... Uh...
0: It's a fake album for a fake band. <laughs> he looks
1: way too film. effeminate and and kind of like, sexy on that to be The <laughs> troopy Robocop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, I've heard. I've never seen Buckaroo Bonsai, but it's I've I, had a, I worked with somebody who loved the movie, and it's one of these things that they made this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's it's pretty quirky.
2: It's like an eighty Spinal tapper? No. De- before we go, David, describe the plot of Buckaroo <laughs> Bonsai
0: in a nutshell. Oh my god. Um, it's sort of a superhero film like um. In the way Sherlock Holmes is a superhero, it's okay. Uh, it's an ensemble thing with people like Jeff John Goldblum Lentgen. and yeah. Um, it's the you're bearing the lead, David. Who is Peter
1: Weller's <laughs> character?
0: <laughs> Buckaroo I. What does he do? Um, he uh, saves the days he's, uh, he's a he's a hero. genius scientist. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> he's a rock star. <laughs> just like rattle <laughs> off like he hits all the notes. Everyone yeah. loves him. There's so he's... many I can't
0: remember. But uh, oh, it's it's so goofy and um, it's fun. That's what I've heard. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, nothing really gets explained. Um, <laughs> you want answers? Yeah. Funny. <laughs> all right. Well, well, that sounds awesome.
1: Android Dungeon endorsement. Buck Bonds I, I got to see it. David loves it. Musical break, we'll be back.
3: Let's do
1: Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM. What you just heard was uh, Danheim doing uh, what's the track? Runatol from the album Rungalder. Some real old school uh, Nordic folk music. Uh, I I think Danheim is utterly unique and I've never heard anything like it. Maybe the music nerds out there might be uh, complaining and saying no he's actually derivative of this. Wrong! (laughs) This is the first time I've heard of him and I think he's great. Strange, strange stuff, but takes you into the world. Like ten out of ten, would raid uh, England again. <laughs> type of
0: uh, music. Well, what right did there. you think, David? Did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> David's just singing a
1: Buckaroo Banzai, just humming <laughs> it to himself.
0: It sounds like a, a Python skit where somebody plays it back or records the album by accident over top of. A... <laughs>
1: I need to watch more Monty Python. It's been a while. Uh, so, David, you were recently at. Uh, you went out west to one of these conventions that I don't even want to say it's up and coming because I'm pretty sure it's coming. Uh, it is It is huge now. Everyone, this is the third year. This is the third year, and it, they've de- managed to do a great job of themselves. Shut Up and Sit Down Expo?
0: Shucks. Shucks. Yes. Talk about it. Uh, I had a great time. Um, oh, my God. Where to start? Um... Well, what's, Every, what is Shut Up and Sit Down? Before people who may not know, Shut Up and Sit Down is uh, a game review show, a they channel all live on in YouTube, their shadows, yeah. uh, website, forum. Um, they, uh, <clears throat> I think one of the most important things is that they emphasize fun. Mm-hmm. So um, I think almost everybody there carried that with them. Um, I was uh, I registered and then went to the pub that everybody agreed to on the forum and um you know sit here sit here how many and, people uh at the pub or the, at uh, the pub yeah at the pub by <laughs> pub you mean like the public house the drink the
1: drinking area
0: uh yeah just not um everybody who went to the convention knew yeah. about it but uh only anyway. people in the know the yeah. cool yes the cool folks uh at the on the farm who also went to the show in time to do this. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, sat down with people who had been there two times before and three times before, and, um, you know, what do you want to play? What's your favorite game? Mm -hmm. Um, So I was going on my own. My wife was going to museums and things (laughs) like that or hanging out with relatives.
1: Wait, do you have family at West? I do. Okay. Yeah.
0: I uh, spent most of the time, uh, most of the two weeks before that on the island. Okay, cool. Um, and then back to Vancouver for the show. Um, I was there for uh, two days plus the one night before. Didn't didn't make it for Sunday where they recorded uh, their 100th podcast, uh, which I'm sorry I missed. But um, Played a lot of games, um, uh, sometimes with the people I met in the pub.
2: Were there any games released at Chuck's? I, it's only their third year, I think, but I've heard something was released there. I can't remember exactly what it was right now, but uh, there's definitely something.
1: What's it, Before you go any further, what's the attendance like? How many people do you think were there? A uh, couple thousand. A couple thousand? Holy smokes. Not bad.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, there weren't a lot of, like, the, the uh, floor space dedicated to commercial... Uh, groups wasn't really that big Hmm. but there's another uh, section for the indie and that rotated some people for D&D well role playing was uh, another section Okay. Um, indie games uh, indie developers Um, and some people were there the whole time and some people were only there one day Hmm. Um, the um, dexterity game section dexterity uh, game
1: section uh, (laughs) yeah
0: uh, a big mega games room dedicated, plus a couple of small mega games. So you're talking are, are like they mega games if they're smaller. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about four, floor space for now. For mega
2: games, you're talking like fifty people, like fifty, yeah. seventy people, like that. NS. Yeah.
0: NS-, the NS- the UFO situation thing and disaster
2: response. Yeah. Games. Yeah. NSDR. So yeah. did you participate in any of the mega games?
0: No.
1: What did you participate in?
0: Uh played uh, Zolkin, which I always wanted to play. Oh, cool. Um, which there's a game where you're uh, witches and wizards. Broom Service.
1: Oh, yeah, that's cute as heck. Oh, yeah.
0: uh, very cute. I'll it. Kiki's Delivery play? Service, the game, basically. Yeah. Um, Dexterity game, Men at Work.
1: Oh, how was that? I've re- wanted that was to play a lot fun. of fun. That's uh, where you're a cooperative dexterity game where you're all building, um, like putting sticks over on things,
0: is yeah, it? I don't think it's cooperative. Oh, okay. Um, Shoot the yeah. moon's
1: cooperative.
2: Sorry.
0: Um, girders and um, and uh, you got the the little meeples that are bouncing on a, yeah, a girder. Yeah, there it is. And then you're trying to get bricks or girders onto their arms <laughs> Wow. And it, it was fun and sounds cool I love those games I'm not sure they were both from KW but uh, w- at least one of them was but we were just spent most of the time laughing nice yes yeah. ah. um, what else did I play oh uh Silk Tiny Towns um please don't tell me Tiny Town sucks because I've had it on order for a while <laughs> I liked it alright good yeah um one of the guys I was with that uh got like the second highest score for the convention so far, kind of thing. In Tiny Towns? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, the guy who taught us how to play was not Patton Oswald, but I'm not going to say he was because <laughs> he looked, looked like, it. like Patton Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> ah, celebrity. <Yeah. laughs> that's that's like, pretty close
2: to Patton Oswald, is an Android Dungeon celebrity <laughs> <laughs> He's the kind of guy that I could imagine. Showing up at a, at Chuck's, yeah, I, that's probably <laughs> sure.
1: He's a character. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of it. Um, what was what were the highlights of, of Shucks?
0: Um, I think the most important thing was playing games with other people. Okay, um, and uh, I was there on my own. Um, I, I'm glad these people were so great about uh, playing games with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I just haven't been to enough conventions that I realized that that was the really big thing. <laughs> so yeah. I would sort of wander around and, and look at things and wonder what to do next when really I should have been playing games with people or, mm-hmm. or more games with people. And you say conventions, but it really it depends
2: on the convention because yeah. I think uh, Gen Con and Shucks really try to focus on this is a place for people to get together to play games. Yeah. And so, and so that's the focus of that convention. And now okay. you know that that's the spirit of it.
0: Yeah. Um, the the f- The opening ceremony kind of thing, um, that kind of failed. the um, uh, The sound wasn't great. Oh yeah. Was yeah. It, it, was it m- malfunctioning or just poor? P- poor. Part of it, though, was um, just the uh, the acoustics. And, you know, the ceiling is all pipes and it's way mm-hmm. up there. And the the division of the area was just this thin curtain kind of thing. And then one of the mega games is going on. And uh, at the g- same time. Well, um, not very far away.
1: Yeah. During the opening ceremony yeah. to the convention, they've already got... Ah, yeah.
0: All right, whatever. <laughs> and somebody was really enthusiastic there. Uh, so I couldn't necessarily hear what... Anybody was, yeah. either of them were saying because that was loud enough and this wasn't loud enough. Mm-hmm. and So that was a, a little disappointing. And then they put that off and then I didn't find out when they were going to do it again. I mean, I could have, but I... It didn't
2: care that much. Yeah. Um, so did they try to do some kind of big theatrical entrance or did they just come on and say, hey guys, how's it going? Thanks for coming.
0: Uh, yeah, pretty low key. Yeah. <laughs> um, was it, just, I,
2: it was just Matt and Quinn's?
0: uh Yeah. Uh, yeah, they Paul's couldn't get Paul's not even though Paul was anymore. in Vancouver. <laughs> I, <believe laughs> <Ooh. so. laughs> See, I always thought that's why they did the con of Vancouver because yeah, well, Paul's right there. I think that's how it started, yeah, but I don't okay. know the details. I am astounded they haven't shifted over to the UK.
2: Why don't you yeah. give us a, like a quick rundown of the history of shut up and sit down? David probably knows more than I do.
0: Um, the first um, first video I ever saw on YouTube was. Um, why are you so precious with your stuff? So um, a new board game might cost about the the cost of a pizza. So uh, why? Hey, well, do wow, you... How expensive are your pizzas? Yeah. <laughs> so so why do you have to worry about people spilling a beer on your pizza? Um, do it for the fun. Play <clears throat> the game. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I almost spilled a beer on Civ once, and uh, you should have seen Jack's
2: face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um. I get. What is it? Uh. The, the pyramid game came with the sleeves. I don't know if I'm ever gonna oh, that game. Twilight. don't oh, no. Sorry. Uh. Valley of the Kings. Valley of the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I have a little trouble shuffling cards uh, that are sleeves. Did sleeved.
2: you notice that? Like one of the sides, Jack pointed this out to me on the forums. One of the sides doesn't actually fit the cards once they're sleeved. No. There's plenty of space in the box, oh, but they okay. made like room for an expansion. Doesn't fit. This yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is what a disaster. Uh, but, my, so... for, my
1: first video from Shut Up and Sit Down that I was aware of was uh, Netrunner. This was way back in the right? day, and yep. Quinns is obsessed with Netrunner for some inexplicable reason. To the point that I'm pretty sure him and his wife are featured in a special promotional card hmm. in the game. Um, but it was another example of. Uh, somebody shilling, shilling's harsh. They love Netrunner and they put in like one of their top 100 board games. I was like, I've, what is this? I've never even heard of it. So I'm looking it up and in comes this video of these goofy Brits. And it's yeah. like, okay, this man is clearly obsessed with this game. He's not selling it to me. I'm sorry. but. Uh, <laughs> and then after that, it was like Kemet. And uh, there's a yeah. bizarre, bizarre video that honestly makes me a little nauseated of their Cyclades review. And it's it looks like it's filmed in some Dadaist, uh, like, Style where they're they're I in this like it. it they're in this weird set that looks like a house and there are these bizarre editing choices and music and it's I don't know what you're doing and I don't <laughs> like it it's it's very strange the rest of the stuff is fairly mundane by
0: in the in the silk video uh, Matt is uh, trying to be a silkworm and he's just basically in a, a oh, sleeping yes. bag <laughs> the Dune yeah, yeah and then in the Dune one yeah. he shows he up again, again as yeah. a as a sandworm. Their
1: Dune video was definitely, they probably, yeah. and I'm just hoping that I'm ahead of, the because the 100 plus pre-order is apparently a board game bliss for Dune. I'm hoping I was ahead of the D- <laughs> Shut Up and
2: Sit Down video before. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm going to give a quick rundown. I would say the rise and the fall and then possibly the rise again of Shut Up and Sit Down is accounted <coughs> to... Them just making a ton of content with a lot of uh, fun flair, just yeah. like really funny stuff, and just their popularity just shooting up. But I think Paul was a huge part of it, and when Paul left, um, Matt and Quins did their best to carry on, and it kind of the quality went down a little bit. And then we had the incident with blood on the clock tower.
1: Okay, I'm gonna get
2: David's take <laughs> on this. Quins gave a glowing review to a
0: Kickstarter game that was very expensive. That was a shucks 2, by the way. Oh yeah yeah uh, people were constantly playing it
1: and I've heard that people have had tons of fun playing it and that it's like great that sounds outstanding to me I'm glad you're enjoying it. did you get to play it I didn't play it no. what are your thoughts on uh, the the blood on the clock tower sort of kerfuffle that occurred
0: I remember it but I'm trying to remember the details of it I remember that there was one yeah. Well, I guess
1: the, the nutshell, and Joel can correct me if I'm getting something wrong here, was that there was an unusual review posted, because in the past, Shut Up and Sit Down has been very harsh on Kickstarter games, almost to the point of, like, did they beat your dog or something, because when Gloomhaven came out, there was criticisms about Scythe came out, it was, and honestly, looking back on the reviews of Scythe, maybe they're, they're alright with the with some of the tone it's just there mm. was a, it was more of the, the accusation of Kickstarter being a negative in itself which is kind of questionable um, Root I think I don't know if they took a it took a beating of sorts from Kickstarter mm. uh, Origins but then Blood on the Clock Tower comes out and there's this extremely positive review of this game that A isn't even out B is a Kickstarter and C is $130, yeah, uh, which is an, an intrigue. In, intrigue game, which is insane
2: price. I think one of the weird things about it, too, was that usually Shut Up and Sit Down, no matter whether they're giving it the Shut Up and Sit Down recommend stamp of approval, have always given a positive and a negative, and there was no negative yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think little, if there's little, anything little, negative. Sort of no thing at all, and um, I
1: feel bad for David because I don't want it. You're not their ambassador. You're yeah. not. We're not sitting here <laughs> no. trying to grill you. But I just, you're you know a lot about them. You went to the con- the convention. Are you on the forums too?
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So you are really involved with these guys here. So it's just. I was and curious. I will. Yeah, and I will say that like, leave it on a positive note. Um we kind of stopped watching after *The Blood in the Clock Tower*, but that *Dune* review was fantastic. I thought, so. and we're back. That was a great review. It was,
1: and it hit everything we wanted—like yeah. pros and a lot cons. Of fun. And uh, it was interesting to hear their take. Now, did you get to play *Dune*? No. Did you see people playing *Dune*? Yeah. Did you hit them and steal their copy? <laughs> yeah. Can we have it? <laughs> I've been obsessing about the, it.
0: The, the worm, the, the token for the worm, the mini figure. Did they have the actual the mini one? Oh, I hope I get it. The the, the um, mouth of the, the worm opening up. Just, family I Atomics. I need that. I need that. <laughs> it's a Family Atomics. Are you a Dune fan?
1: Yeah. Are you excited for the movie coming up? Very. Yeah. I think that we're all in agreement on this. I got to get you uh I know. I need to reread copy. The, the...
2: Do you recommend reading the second one? yeah i really enjoyed it really like almost nothing happens in the in the second one but i still really enjoyed it <laughs> did you ever
0: see uh jodorowsky's dune oh he didn't make it i saw the documentary The documentary about yeah yeah,
1: yeah. what did you think of it oh he's such a character he's such a weirdo right? he is <laughs> and it was interesting seeing uh like nicholas winning Refn show up and like have dinner with him and read the storyboard and he's one that like he's the only one who's seen Dune because he read the storyboard or uh, basically got this end with Jodorowsky telling him everything was going to happen to it but the line that clicked with me was, or stuck with me was I think it's near the end of it or maybe in the middle when he's talking about oh when I saw David Lynch's when I heard David Lynch was doing it I was so sad and upset because oh he was going to do it and he's going to do it right and then when I saw the movie I was happy and overjoyed <laughs> because it sucked <laughs> it was horrible it's like, I think David Lynch doesn't disagree so. <laughs> yeah man
2: but, but uh denny he, denny's gonna do his right yeah denny's gonna bring it home and uh, you know as close as as close as you can come to playing a game is is watching other people play a game oh yeah you got And to i it. went through a full play d- through oh, right, of dune yeah. so we've both seen a full game and man does it look like a fun, a lot of fun and when you're talking about the story of dune they put so much effort into making every race and every card thematically appropriate and yeah. thematically, like, actually interesting. And you can see, like, a laser gun hit a shield and things like this,
0: you know. Oh, did
1: you, did you so watch good. people
0: play the game? No, I, I uh, arrived a little bit late for the start. Mm-hmm. And then I would go off and do something, come back, see how far playing. they were. They're still playing. <laughs> I think they went from something like 9 to 4. Nine in the morning to four. That's a long, bloody game. Were they all the new? Uh, I'll accept. No, um, I think uh, the guy who was teaching it, oh, okay, good. he knew it well. Uh, and then I got the feeling that one or two people had played it before, but most of them had Did not. Did it look like they're having fun? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Just a bunch of dour looking. So envious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially at the very end, um, there were yeah they some do. hooting and hollering yeah <laughs> did it
1: come to the end of like it went to space guild victory or space yeah guild one. which yeah. is
0: the the sort of timeout the, yeah, yeah. the end of 10 rounds or whatever it is cool and i think benny jester is
2: not allowed to predict that
1: and you can't pick uh, yeah. one of the things
0: you're not allowed to <laughs> wow that's forecast. like an exception to an exception or, something. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: or the freeman um, default victory win either yeah where they have the
2: sieges and no major powers have them
1: um so to finish off this episode about uh, shut up and sit down, or shucks, are you going next year?
0: I, I'd like to. Um, I, you know, it's a, it's a flight to the far side of the continent, so I don't know, but um, I, I'd really like to. So you had a what, good time? Yeah, I did. I, what would you time. recommend about the conference? Like, what, how, If I
1: wanted to go to a conference, what about it would appeal to me versus going to Gen Con or Origins or flying to Germany for uh, Eschenspiel?
0: Well, the only other conventions I have it to compare it to are um, kind of specific ones, where like it was only prototyping and it was really small. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I don't but is I it to... is it
2: better or worse than Grifcon? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's there's a lot more to it than just Pathfinder it. Oh. and um, and the magazine. are you coming and, to
2: Grifcon Shadow? We're going yeah.
1: to play Civ again. Oh, I don't know oh he's, he's not coming it. anymore. <laughs> Damn it, Joel. You should have waited for him to say yes. Either way, I think Grifcon's on its way. It, it just needs, I think, with a little bit more focus and maybe a bit more effort. I think Maybe expanding guys, the expanding appeal. Expanding to the appeal. Although the venue, I think, it may be not doing too many favors being the Leonard, Leonard, Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Leonard <laughs> Nimoy? Are going to dig up his corpse? Yeah. Alright, fine. I'll get the shovel. Anyway, thank you for coming on the show, David. Always good to Thanks. talk to you. Uh, I'm Jack. I'm Joel. David. <laughs> Keep listening. CFRU.ca. Check us out on all the favorite podcasts, services, Instagram, Radio at gmail.com if you want to send me a death threat. But I've got my shield so your last gun won't hit, idiot. I'll explode. <laughs> it explode. See you later. Bye-bye.